I always appreciate the praise team and the tech team, but on days like this especially, their willingness to uh, do something different and uh, take some risks and uh, just praise God for them and, and thank each of you for your help in praising the Lord this morning. If you take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians 5. Before we read it, I'd like to pause and have a word of prayer about the crises that all of us in the United States are facing right now. It goes beyond just the United States, of course, but we we'll pray particularly for our country and the church in our country. Let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the freedom that we have this morning to worship you freely. We thank you that we didn't have to submit a plan of service. I didn't have to tell anybody in the county or state what I'm going to be preaching about. We thank you for the freedom that you've given us here in the United States to worship you, to pray, to witness, to read and publish your word. And you know the, the difficulties that we're facing and the, uh, the way the government changes whenever we go through crises like COVID-19 and racial unrest. Both of these things are, are tremendous challenges for us. They're challenges bigger than we're able to solve. So as your children this morning, we bow our heads in humility and desperation to ask that you would bring peace to the hearts of the people of our country and that you would bring healing and protection to our bodies. You know our history. You know how all of these things developed, and you know how long it takes sometimes for us to get over things. We pray that you would do your work as only you can in the hearts of people, and that you would use your church to shine brightly, not about politics, but about the gospel, about the good news of eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ, your son. We thank you for the transforming power of your Holy Spirit in the life of each believer to overcome any difficulty, any obstacle, any hardship. And we pray that you would do that in a great way in our country today, that you'd use this morning in your churches all around the country, that you would use this time to heal hearts, to correct thinking, and to get people focused on the important things so that we can also take care of the temporal things in a way that would be honoring to all of your people, all of your children, all of your creation in an equal way. 
Now, as we look into your word, we want to thank you for it. Thank you for the gift of it. Thank you for the encouragement of it, for the challenge of it. And we pray that you would help us to hear it well this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. Excuse me, verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may Enjoy long life in the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Does that ever catch you off balance? To read that last verse, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Isn't that something how, of all the things that God could say to dads in the Word, and, and there's, a, there's a lot, particularly in the Proverbs, there, there are lots of verses that talk about the, the father's responsibility to discipline his children, which is the instruction and admonition of the Lord that Paul's talking about. But isn't it interesting, of all the things that God could say to dads, he said, don't exasperate your children. You know why he says that? Because fathers exasperate their children. That's what we do. And it's crazy. It's ridiculous. It makes no sense. But for some reason, we do that. When you're talking to somebody, half the time on Father's Day or about fathers, people say, oh yeah, I never got along with my dad. You know, he was, you know, and they, and they all kinds of comments about us. But he was a tough one. He was tough. You know, he's hard. He, you know, there's all kinds of things. And then it, it occurred to me 
when Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray in one of the occasions that he did that in Luke chapter 11. So turn there, keep your finger in Ephesians 5 if you can work that out with how you're situated. Luke 11. Verse 11. Which of you fathers, okay, this is Jesus to you fathers, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, he's still speaking to you fathers, if you then, Though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Did you catch that about yourselves, dads? Though you are evil. There's our problem. There's why the Apostle Paul had to say, Fathers, don't exasperate your children. Because every father, every dad, was born into sin and has a sin nature. And that's what Jesus is talking about when he's talking about those fathers. You men, though you have a sin nature, though you're basically at your core, you're evil because of that. But you can still do some good things. He, he makes that comment. For the most part, fathers give their kids good gifts. Now, again, I know every dad is different. And in, in looking at this verse in the past, I know I've referred to Hilton Hobby as being the exception to this. He would rather give his kid a snake, you know, than bread. But he would do it in a nice way so that they would learn how to handle it and, and not get bit by it and all that kind of thing. But for the most part, fathers know how to give good gifts to their kids, even though they're evil. But because of our base nature being wicked, that's why we struggle so much with this exasperation of our children. Because we revert back, for those of us who have put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, remember, the moment we did that, and Paul mentions that here in Ephesians 5. The moment we did that, we became a part of the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ that he is making holy and blameless without blemish. That's what he's doing in us. He's growing us. He's changing us. But those of us who have put our trust in Christ are in that process. So even though we still have that old sin nature, we also have a new nature in Christ. The moment we were born again, the moment we put our trust in Jesus... We are given that new nature so that we can begin to overcome that sinful nature with the nature that God has given us in Christ. Now, if you haven't put your trust in Christ yet, Dad, then you're still just evil with the grace of God, the general grace of God, that you learn how to do some good things along the way because he causes the rain to, you know, to, to fall on the, on the good and the wicked. He causes the sun to shine on everybody. You know, there's some good things to learn in the world, and, and you've been able to do that. But I want you to know something. 
You need to put your trust in Jesus if you want to change the way you're doing things and if you want the hope that only Jesus gives us for eternal life. Those fathers that Jesus was talking to in that scenario as he was teaching his disciples to pray, those guys still hadn't put their faith in him yet. They still didn't have that new nature yet. But those of us who have, we have the hope of not exasperating our children. And that's just the beginning of the list. There are so many opportunities that we have as dads to encourage, to instruct, to provide, to to teach in just all these different aspects of life. I am so thankful this morning. And one of the things on Father's Day, it's always so great for me. I, I honestly think that I have the best dad that anybody has ever had. And I'm not just saying that because, you know, he's my dad. And every, every kid thinks about their dad. I'm not kidding you. I, I have never seen or heard of a better man than him other than Jesus Christ. I'm not kidding you. He, he is amazing, and, I, and I've, I've learned so much just thinking back for the way he did things. I mean, I can count the times I saw him sin on one hand, and now he doesn't even take my whole hand. Now, he's, he's a sinner, and he sinned a lot more than, less than five times. That's just the times I saw, and I saw a lot. I was around a lot. We had a close family. We spent a lot of time together. And so I know the transforming power of the Holy Spirit, of the Word of God in a man's life. I've seen it in my own dad. And he didn't particularly have a dad like that to to learn from like I do. He learned it from other men and especially from the Word of God. And so that reminds me to mention, even if you're not a dad here this morning, you have a lot of, a lot of, a lot of influence on a lot of young people. Use it. Because some people don't have a living dad and some people don't have a living dad worth learning from. And they need somebody else in their life. And so whether you're a dad or not, you have that opportunity as an uncle, as a friend, as a church, a fellow church member, you have an opportunity to influence in a great way. But remember, the only way that we can be the kind of influence, the kind of teacher, the kind of example that God wants us to be, is if we're in this process of our lives being transformed by the renewing of our minds concerning the Word of God. That's the ministry that Jesus Christ has in His body. That's what He's talking about. In Ephesians 5, this this section on marriage that I just read, this section on family... This is all about the family of God as much as it is about our individual families and our individual marriages. The Apostle Paul couldn't talk about marriage. The Apostle Peter couldn't talk about marriage without also talking about our relationship with God because that's what family is all about. It's a picture of what God has done and it is doing in and through his church. That's the, that's the picture that our marriages that our families are supposed to be painting. And one of the ways that 
that he helps us overcome the difficulties that we face by our old sin nature is he says, dads, don't mess up this picture by exasperating your kids because your heavenly father doesn't exasperate his children. And see, as we see in the, in the section on marriage, we get our cues, dads, husbands, we get our cues from the Lord Jesus Christ. Love your wife like Christ loved the church. Okay. That sounds simple. You know what the symbol of that love is, don't you? The cross. The cross. That's supposed to be the picture of the love that we dads and fathers and husbands have for our wives and for our kids. And as Christ is the head of the church, his body, he wants the husband, the dad, also to be the head of that family. But to do it in his way. Again, that's why he throws in just that one little thing. Don't exasperate your kids. Because as soon as we hear the fact that we're supposed to be the head, oh, okay. Then we take over like a drill sergeant. Or worse. But that's not the love of Christ. The love of Christ is the cross. The love of Christ is the gift. The love of Christ is giving. The love of Christ is sacrificing. The love of Christ is gentle instruction with an occasional strong rebuke. You look at the ministry of Christ and you see all those things. Dads, that's our model. That's who we're supposed to be looking to. That's the one that we go to to find out how we're supposed to do this. Patience. Careful instruction. Love. Acceptance of everybody. Except those who reject his word. You'll see that, you'll see that throughout his ministry. He is caring and ready to receive anybody who will put their faith in him. But if they reject him, he says that he's the only way of salvation. There's, there's, there's no other options. And so, dads, we have the opportunity and the responsibility in this, in, in this example and instruction to let our kids know in the, in the midst of this culture that we're living in that says everybody has their own truth Everybody discover their own truth. Everybody do their, their own thing. Do it as best you can. And that's all that's required. In the midst of that culture, in the, midst of, in the midst of that kind of thinking, we have the responsibility to lift up the truth of the gospel and say, Jesus himself said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We have that opportunity. We have that truth given to us in his word. To let our kids know how they can have eternal life. That should be our primary goal in life. To see our kids put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. We tell them the truth and then we also show them the truth by the way we live. Particularly by the way we love our wives. 
because that is our laboratory. That's where they get to see in person what God is really like and if he's the kind of God that we should trust and that we should submit to. And so dads, we've got a big responsibility. We're basically evil people and we're being told to be like Jesus. We need some help. And we have that help. We have that help. The, 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 most of the, of the passage that we read about marriage was about that help. It was about the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ in the life of every believer. So this isn't just to dads, but focused on you right now. But we have the help. We have the ministry of of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God the body of Christ to help us become more and more like Jesus Christ. You know lots of His promises. One of your favorites, I'm sure, is Romans 8.28. For we know that in all things God works for good for those who love Him for those who are called according to his purpose. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. That's what God's doing. He's working all things out for our good as he conforms us to the image of his Son. So dads, cooperate with him. Recognize that his goal for you is to become more and more like Jesus so your kids will understand more and more about God just by looking at you, just by listening to you, just by watching you. It's a high calling. It's a huge responsibility. And if you try to do it on your own, you're evil. And you're not, you don't have a chance. But if you recognize your responsibility to put to death all of those old nature characteristics and to put on like a new pair of like a new set of clothes, like this Father's Day shirt, to put on like a new shirt the characteristics of Christ as we are transformed, according to Romans 12 as we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. This morning, that's a large part of what we're doing. We're, we're in the process of helping each other renew our minds. Never before in our history, in, in any of our lives, have we heard more garbage that people believe. Never before. Maybe never before than in the last month. Have we heard more terrible things that we're supposed to believe are true? And so we turn to God's word. This word that doesn't change, this word, this word that is consistent, this word that has a unified message throughout it, regardless of when the, each part was written, regardless of which man or woman God used in the process of that writing and of those stories. It's true in every bit of it. And we look to it so that our minds will be renewed, so that we know how we're supposed to think, so that we know what we're supposed to do, 
so dads, we know how we're supposed to father. And as we read it, and we find out the tremendous challenges that we're faced with, we submit ourselves to him, we humble ourselves before him, we call out to him to help us be the dads that he wants us to be. We call out to each other, to, 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 to groups of friends, and say, help me, I'm struggling. And, and sometimes we don't even have to look past just that one thing. I'm exasperating my kids. Help me, pray for me. But there's lots of other areas of our lives besides just that one that we need to see conformed to the image of Christ. And so dads, in this transformational process, in this, what's often called in theology, this sanctification process where you're becoming more and more like Christ as you grow in your faith, don't settle for anything less than the image of Christ. If there's anything going on in your life that is not conformed to the word of God, and you know it. If there's anything going on in your life, if there's anything going on in your mind that's not conformed to the image of Christ revealed in his word, don't settle for that. Don't remain in the evil that you were created in. Rise above that by the power of God's Spirit. He will give you the help. He lives in you if you put your trust in Him. Don't settle for that. He will help you understand how you can get out of it, how you can change that so that you can be the witness, so that you can be the provider, so that you can be the example for your wife, for your children, for your church, for your community. We have that opportunity, but we can't settle for anything in our lives that's not in conform, that it doesn't conform to the Word of God. Confess those things to Him right now, even as, even as we're finishing the service. Confess those things in your heart and say, Lord, I know I can't keep doing that. I know I can't keep thinking that. I know I can't keep saying that. I know I can't keep acting like that. Whatever the case may be. Lord, you know what I need to do different in relationship to my wife. You know what I need to do different in relationship to my kids. You know what I need to do different in my mind. You know what those things are. Lord, help me. Help me. He will help you. That's what he does. That's what he said. That's what Paul said about him in the description of, of the husband loving the wife. Like Jesus loves the church who he died for who he's growing up to become a beautiful, blameless bride. That's including us, dads. That's what he wants for you. That's what he's committed himself to do for you. Paul told the Philippians that he who started this good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. He wants to finish what he started in you. So don't settle for anything less. Be the man be the husband, be the father, the dad, the witness that he intends for you to be. And then, when he returns, which he will, he will receive us. And I have this picture in my mind of my beautiful bride coming down that aisle. How many years ago was that, 38? 39 years ago. 
I still see her. I still feel the tears coming down my cheeks because I never, ever saw anything, anyone that beautiful. And that's the picture of what we look like to the Lord Jesus Christ when he returns. We will be his radiant, his stainless, his without blemish bride. That's the work that he's doing in us. So dads, don't settle. Don't settle for being a church goer. Oh, keep coming to church. But don't settle for just being a spectator. See your life transformed by the renewing of your mind through the word of God, through the fellowship of his people, by the power of his Holy Spirit. And anybody who's here this morning who hasn't yet put your trust in Christ, don't try to do this alone. You can't. Because you're basically, at your core, evil. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's what that means. We need his work in our lives. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who knew no sin, that's speaking of Jesus, to be sin for us, that's him on the cross, taking all our sins on himself. He made him to be sin, who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. That's what he does in us. That's what he does in us evil people. He changes us. He transforms us. He makes us righteous. He makes us holy. He makes us his beautiful bride. Let's bow together in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning on this Father's Day for dads. Even, even those who didn't do a great job showed us something. But Father, we thank you that you show us something more. And we thank you for your word, and we thank you for how it clearly describes the Lord Jesus himself as the great example for all of us dads because he is the father of us all. And so we as your children, those who have put their trust in Jesus, we ask you now to forgive us even in some of these specific areas that we've already identified as we've been listening this morning. We ask you to forgive us for sinning against you and our wives and our kids and even our community because of the things that we've allowed to enter into our lives, because of the things that we've been doing or thinking or saying. We thank you for the promise of your word that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just, and you'll forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We thank you for that this morning. Now help us, we pray. We desperately plead with you, Father. Help us to be more like Christ in the way we love, in the way that we witness, the way that we speak, in the way that we think. Help us to be dads worthy of that title. Oh, we know none of us will ever completely achieve the level of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we thank you that you've given us that goal and you give us the help 
that we need by the power of your spirit, through the truthfulness of your word, to see our lives grow, to see our lives transformed, to see us become more and more like you. Heavenly Father, for the wives and mothers here today, we ask the same thing. Their responsibilities are similar. But we also ask that you would give them special patience and care in dealing with us as we endeavor to serve you as the men you want us to be. And Father, for any who are here who still have not put their trust in Jesus, help them understand they can do that right now where they're seated in the silence of their own hearts. They can say, yes, Jesus, I believe in you. I trust you to forgive me, to change me, to give me the gift of eternal life through your righteousness given to me through your death and resurrection. Father, give them the courage and the faith to say that to you this morning, to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.